0: This is Stacey McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast, where CEOs, senior leaders, and C-suite executives share their advice. It's six questions in nine minutes because the best leaders know how to share their ideas concisely and quickly. Let's jump right in. Question number one, in a few sentences, please tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, Stacy. My name is Stella Zielinski, and I am the head of
1: HR for a global manufacturing company, And um, I went into the HR world about five years ago. I pivoted from operations because I thought the intersection of people and
0: business was fascinating. Oh, I love that. So then you probably have quite a bit of examples to give to us about change from an operational perspective and then over to the human capital perspective.
1: Absolutely. Oh, that's so exciting when you work with people at the level of change, at the at the lowest level of change, and then when you're working at the higher level of change, you definitely
0: see it from a different perspective. I'll be excited to hear your thoughts today. So that kicks us off really nicely with the first uh, the first real question, which is what's the best thing about leading people through change from your perspective?
1: I think it's the ability to create psychological safety for an organization through change. Um, one of what I believe is the biggest fails in change is when people aren't feeling secure and the change gets derailed because of insecurities or people wondering what's going on. And so in change management, leading people through that change in a safe, secure way, I think guides them towards the end result a little better, which is focusing on the business.
0: Absolutely. And and feeling good about themselves through that process, right? I mean, I'm sure it's no surprise that, you know, uh, it's the fear of the unknown that people are afraid of most. And you can imagine in a changing environment, that's got to be just running rampant.
1: Absolutely. Because if people don't have the answers, they will make them up. <laughs> <I> have- <laughs> And it's never favorable, is it? No, no, no. And, you know, when you're guiding somebody, when somebody feels like they're in unknown territory, right, that's when the water cooler talk starts and people start creating their own ideas of why an organization is changing or what the plan is. They, they start, you know, kind of forging their own trail with ideas oh, and pulling people back um, from that to
0: focus on the main objective of where the change is to end up can be challenging. Absolutely. So I'm curious then, as you think about that, what piece of advice would you give to other leaders about implementing change? I think it's important to do the pre-work.
1: I think that um, you mm-hmm. know both uh, Lewis and Cotter talk a lot about unfreezing and preparing the organization for change. But I think the pre-work really involves A, communicating a vision, having a culture that supports change at all levels. And I think Definitely, To have an organization that is always on the verge of change, and I don't mean change for change's sake, but is constantly open to change and innovation, um, is the pre-work to make change management more easily accessible for the organization in the future. If an organization is used to change, then change isn't so scary.
0: It's funny, you make me think of that quote, I believe it was Mahatma Gandhi, right? It's change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. You know, mm-hmm. so you make me feel like that whole kind of pre-work that you're talking about there is changing that mindset towards change and being open and receptive to it. And then as you go through it, it's much easier emotionally.
1: Right. If you are used to change, then it's not scary. Mm-hmm. It's when something is always done the way it's done because we've done it this way. (laughs) And then all of a sudden there's change, people question it. But if you're an organization that's constantly open to change and becoming better, and I don't mean change just because, but to be constantly evolving to become better,
0: the Kaizen approach. Kaizen, yeah. Yeah. I knew that was in there. That's always in there. Kaizen's always in there. So that leads me to my next question, which is, you know, I've been hearing from other leaders that keeping teams engaged remotely has been very challenging, you know, that they're not getting the benefit of the walk-by leadership or bumping into people at the water cooler, overhearing a phone conversation that they can jump in on. I'm curious, have you guys been experiencing some of those same sorts of things and how have you guys been accounting for that or what some of your tips are to overcome it? And I think that this
1: question is not just, you know, necessarily inherit to this pandemic of which forced a lot of telework. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the workforce has been evolving. um, And this is a constant, you know, in working with companies, even, you know, working um, across, you know, states and countries where time zones are different. um, People can feel disengaged, you know, for instance, you know, I had a friend the other day who had to get up at five in the morning for a meeting on the East Coast. Because you know, And I think yeah. that organizations can be very sensitive to those little tiny things, little housekeeping things, like what time are we scheduling meetings? How does this look for the other people that helps to keep them engaged? I also think it's important to schedule kind of regular, almost like coffee chats or bringing the team together um, in a way that allows them to interact and not just um, listen.
0: Mm -hmm. in meetings, Mm -hmm. you
1: know, forcing interaction, whether it be something as simple as an icebreaker at a sales meeting, um, but allowing them to participate in the
0: uh, company as a whole. We've seen a bunch of fun. One of those with the pandemic, right? Like show us what's in your fridge or show us what's in your, you know, (laughs) because we're all forced into each other's homes now. So Mm -hmm. it's been a really, you know, I think intimate experience, unlike some, maybe some of the other scenarios.
1: Yeah. And there's some fun stuff, you know, I think getting creative, like um, cahoots is a really fun one. It's just like, you know, three questions answering. There's just a lot of really fun stuff. Um, and I think leadership, you know, needs to just take the time to understand that cultural aspect of engagement Yeah, um, it, to, to make it a little more fun.
0: Well, you mean human to human connection, not just, yeah. you know, task to task or business <business-to-business>, to business, you know, <laughs> not, not just sign in and listen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And even, you know, even like the slacks and the, um, you know, the teams, little chats, those, those are all, you know, important. And I think, you know, when leaders can remember to just reach out and touch in, it makes a difference too. Huge difference.
0: So then that leads me greatly to my next question, which is what daily practice is most important to you as a leader? What do you think really needs to be looked at daily?
1: So for me personally, it's remembering to stay present Um, Mm -hmm. And aware, because I think it's easy, uh, specifically in HR, um, to get lost sometimes in the kind of the the granular and the tactical details, and to rise above and look at the bigger picture, um, and understand perspectives in the organization, how others may be feeling, specifically in this time, this, during this, you know, moment in history where there is so much um, anxiety, on other th- underlying issues that could be driving in organizations. So Absolutely. for me, it's remembering that on a daily basis of what my people may be going through.
0: Mm, I love that. And again, I think you can only get to that place when you truly are present yes. and, and listening and being there for another person. Otherwise you just wouldn't even hear it.
1: Yes, because it may be business as usual for one person and another person may have a struggle that we don't know about. And it's important to keep the human side in business.
0: So as you think about, you know, where you get your influence and where, how you've gotten to be so successful, I'm curious what other successful business leaders like yourself should be on the podcast? Who else should we be paying attention to out there, Stella?
1: You know, there is um, someone uh, that I really found inspirational LinkedIn. Her name is Lindsay Mustaine. I don't know if you've worked with her before. She is a recruiter and she does some just amazing work on LinkedIn. Um, She's very much about the human part of business um, and mm-hmm. connecting you know, talent
0: um, into organizations. So she's someone that I admire greatly. That's fantastic. I'll definitely go look her up and see if I can't find her. I found you yeah. that way. Well, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on this show. It's been an absolute delight to have you here. I'm curious if somebody wanted to reach out and introduce themselves, how might they find you? Um, the best way to connect with me would be on LinkedIn
1: and that would be, um, my profile would be www.linkedin.com
0: forward slash in forward slash Stella Zalinski. Fantastic. Well, my audience knows that they'll just have to click on the link below and they'll be able to find you. Wonderful. Well, I do hope you'll come back and join us for a future, uh, future episode as well. And, um, we just absolutely loved having you here today. Stacy, thank you so much. And thank you so much for what you do. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, this is Stacey McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast. For more ideas and insights, please do go check us out at www.concilioteam.com. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. Take care.